Welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davis, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Ethan Hoffman. Now, Ethan, you're out there in the Northwest. We're talking about the Northwest Division today. It's our last division preview. The NBA season is, what is it, just a little over a week away, Ethan? Yeah, it's really close. Unfortunately, my family cares about me and is coming out to visit me. Um, during the week, the NBA season starts, so we're going to be doing a whole lot of um, nature scene, I'm sure, which is good. I enjoy nature. I enjoy walk- looking at some big trees, like hopefully seeing some wildlife that's not going to eat me. But like you get to see it, you know, just far enough away that it doesn't eat you, and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, I'm going to miss Zion Williamson's debut on national television in an actual NBA regular season game. And I feel like it's going to hurt my brand as the, the NBA guy um, that week when I come back to work and everyone wants to talk to me about basketball because it's back. Yeah, you're going to have to do, I don't know, like record it or something and just like just get no sleep on one of those one of those evenings and just make sure that you watch it whenever everyone else has gone to bed. Something yeah. like that. Hopefully but. ESPN will have like a re-air available that can be streamed. Um I know TNT does not have that usually, but like I'm hoping there's some there's some finesses that don't require the league pass. Wait three days before you can watch watch the uh, year market teams or national broadcast. I mean, Ethan, this is just kind of between you and me. The listeners probably don't care about this, but Ethan, you got YouTube TV. That's true. You can record, you can record stuff on YouTube TV if it's on ESPN. That's a good point. You know, I forget about these things because I don't use it very frequently when it's not the uh, NBA season. Yeah, so NBA season's coming back. We're excited, and the last division preview, the Northwest. Now, Ethan, I was, I was, I was surprised a little bit by this. I was surprised to see that the Utah Jazz are the favorites to win the division. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't know if I'm so as surprised as you are. I, I think the hype train is is warranted with this team, but. I, I, I do believe a little bit in continuity and on um, the Nuggets, that's wh- where I would put them is the, is the favorite because I think the Nuggets are going to be the one seed in the West this year. And I think I've said that several times throughout our previews of the divisions. Um, but no, the Jazz are going to be a really good team. You know, adding guys like Mike Conley and Bojan, really good veterans that have been doing their thing for quite a while, quite some time. And I expect them to assimilate to the Quinn Snyder system very quickly. Emmanuel Moutier, Ed Davis, Jeff Green, a couple other signings. Ed Davis and Jeff Green, I think, are pretty important. That's a stretch four in Jeff Green, who on this team will not need to be um, a consistent contributor, but he will need to contribute somewhat, and that's exactly what Jeff Green does. He comes up with that surprise game and goes away for a couple days. And then Ed Davis, you know, for what it's worth, Derek Favors is going to be missed on that second line. Um, after starting the games, but Ed Davis will will be provide probably 80% of what Favors can do, um, or what at least Favors was asked to do for the Jazz team. And I think they, you know, I think they fixed their problems a little bit, um, and they added and they re- retained the death pieces that um, they needed for what they lost. So well, it's interesting because you know, obviously bringing in Mike Conley is great. I mean, he he had a really good year last year, just being on an awful team, so it really didn't matter, and he was kind of overlooked in that regard. Uh, but bringing him in, that's we've talked about how that's going to be helpful for Donovan Mitchell. But the big thing here, like you mentioned, Favors is out. He, you know, he's the power forward and de facto backup center, and he's gone now. And and really, they just replaced him. They wanted to replace him with Miritich. Miritich decided to go overseas, and so they decided to reallocate that money to Boyan Bogdanovich, who, you know, has not really played the four. But if you look on this roster. They're really, you know, it, it, it's not, uh, you know, doesn't have a, we don't have a bunch of those fours out there. Like, they have Ed Davis on Spotrack as a four. No, he's probably the backup center. They don't really have a guy. It's probably going to be him. And this is a real shift from what they've had in the past where they really have had more of that traditional four in Derek Favors. Now they don't have that. Now they really don't have anyone. It's They're kind of going undersized outside of Rudy, Rudy Gobert. And do you think that that approach is going to work for this roster with their emphasis defensively? I think it will because 
everything is about funneling things to Rudy Gobert, but this just means Rudy Gobert's health is is the end-all, be-all for this team, because without Rudy Gobert, then this defense is suspect, to say the least. Because all of a sudden, these these guys, perimeter defenders who are pretty solid, like a Conley, like a Mitchell, like a Joe Ingles. I mean, I know he doesn't look the part, but he's been a good defender for several times. And Royce O'Neal is the other good defender on this team. Da- um, Dante Axum, if he's healthy, he's always been a solid defender. But those guys who are good, to, like good, like pretty good to average, like on any given day, they get thrown to Rudy Gobert, and that's what makes this defense special. That's going to be changing now if Rudy Gobert uh, suffers any kind of setbacks, any kind of injuries. Those that that's going to be devastating versus where Derek Favors you could run in there and it's almost like the same team with just a little bit of a depth problem. Um, you know, everyone knows my uh, affinity for Derek Favors. I love the guy. I think I think he is almost as good as Rudy Gobert because of the his how good he can be on offense, like in terms of his versatility and defensively, he's way more um, switchable. He can take on a guard a lot better than Gobert, but. The way Quinn Snyder sets this defense up and then funnels everything to Gobert, I do think this team is is looking good around it. And for some of the bigger guys, I think Jeff Green can handle some of that. Um, when, if there's a power forward, like let's say that when they're playing the Pistons, I think Jeff Green would be a better option for s- some minutes against uh, Blake Griffin than than the other two guys. But I'm sure I'm sure Quinn Snyder is going to be able to figure it out to where the the help is coming from Gobert, regardless of who has the bad matchup. Yeah, it's interesting to see them going from Rubio to Conley, and you, you being you know bringing more, um, bringing more offensively. I think in and a just a, a better way. Like with Ricky Rubio, you had facilitation, but the shooting really wasn't there. Conley shooting thirty six percent from three last year, and you know you're really I th- I think that their defense will slide a little bit because of you know Rio Bear cannot play every single day. 48 minutes he can't do it and I think that you the drop off between Ed Davis uh and you know your Derek Favors I think it is nothing to sneeze at and so as as I look at this I think that they are going a little bit more offensively but I wonder how they'll match up to some of those you mentioned the Pistons I don't think they really I mean obviously that was just for example but let's think about the team out the teams out west that do have you know larger guys that you got to consider like or let's just say the Lakers right because they that's that's Anthony Davis LeBron James and that that would be that would be a difficult matchup I don't know I'm a little bit uh concerned especially because Anthony Davis is gonna play the four which you know no one's happy about but we'll see well yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll see could could be a lot of Dwight could be they, they might figure out that hey it's actually just better if we have Anthony Davis but I don't know I I wonder how they begin to match up uh, with with some of those teams out there, with them really going perimeter centric with with this roster, yeah, I, I think there's got to be a move left for the Jazz team. I feel like they do need to get one more one more center in there that can sop up good minutes. Um, for if Rudy Gobert um is having a, a tough time with injuries, or if Ed Davis is just having a tough time with a specific matchup. Um, if, if, when I look at this roster, Richard, there's a bunch of young guys on this team that I don't know who they are. And what I'm saying, what I mean to say about that is this team is trying to win a championship. This, this, this whole Mike Conley trade, this, the signing of Bojan Bogdanovich is to put this team into title contention. And in my opinion, they need a couple more guys out here that I know who they are. I know what to expect from them. Unless for some reason, I just, I'm ex- not expecting enough out of Jarrell Brantley out of College of Charleston. You know, this, this is what I'm talking about, Richard. I, there's the, This team just needs a little bit more pizzazz a little bit more name recognition because i i i think there are a couple players short of that that championship that they're they're seeking um yeah i'm i think this seems going to be really good but the team i do think they will be second in this division um if all health pres- uh, goes goes well uh, i do think the nuggets will be much better than them um in the regular season when i say much better i mean like four or five wins Right. Well, I mean, so that was about what it was last year. Like Denver was at 54 wins, Utah at 50. Um, you, you, for the record, Utah's over-unders at 53 and a half. So they, they bumped it up a little bit, thinking Mike Conley uh, really makes the difference there. And the Nuggets, their over-under, for whatever reason, has dropped uh, from where, for their win total from last year, uh, 52 and a half. And again, like you mentioned, this is a team with a lot of continuity. 
they really didn't lose anyone worthwhile. They lost Isaiah Thomas, and they let Trey Lyles just walk. They, they really didn't, they really had no need for him. And so they re-signed Jamal Murray. Um, really, they just, they, they extended him, Let's uh, and that extension, uh, you know, uh, will kick in, I believe, what, in a year or so? Yep. And, and they brought in Jeremy Grant. That like for me, that's one of the more underrated signings of, of er- you know, of, of the entire offseason because you now have, um, you now have a successor, uh, you now have someone who can come in and, and play big minutes, uh, behind, um, oh man, why, 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 why Paul Millsap right now? Paul Millsap, thank you. And they brought in a Zeller. <laughs> yeah, so now we have a Zeller and a Plumlee on the team. So what could go wrong? What could no, go wrong? I think you're right with Jeremy Grant. Now they did pay pay a premium for it they paid a first round draft pick in 2020 uh top 10 protected but that's probably going to convey um for jeremy grant when okc was pre uh trading russell westbrook they got jeremy grant in there pretty early got him out and i think it's a great trade because jeremy grant can play alongside paul Millsap for some unique small ball lineups when Jokic is resting, which I think is a better option than playing Plumlee in most of those minutes or playing the Zeller in most of those minutes. Um, But also he can play next to Plumlee. He can play next to Jokic. He can shoot from the corners. I I, I have a feeling he's going to keep getting a little bit better shooting. I can expand expand that to above the break. And uh, he's long, super athletic, going to be a really good defender for a lot of different positions. And yeah, it's a great it's a great trade for them because this is kind of what they needed. They needed that extra depth piece in the front court, so Plumlee is not relied upon to be a playoff performer. Let's speak of an, another depth piece that they have: Michael Porter Jr. Hopefully coming back from injury. We've yet to really see him, um, you know, be play basketball for, for for any length you know any length of time. Put put on basketball shoes, and we haven't really seen it, and so. The hope here is that he can come out and um, you know contribute. He is eligible for Rookie of the Year. He probably will not win it, but you know that's out there. Also, Bull Bull, he is in the fold. I don't anticipate seeing much Bull Bull this year. No, I would think that would that'd be that'd be a very bad sign for the team yes. if he's playing. Not because Bull Bull can't be good, but because that would probably mean that they've had a lot of injuries to their front court and they just desperately need some help. Um, the other thing, guys, that I want to mention here because it's this team has got a lot of depth. Like I do worry about them in come postseason time because uh, do they have the superstars to like carry the day aside from Jokic? We saw Jokic uh, play really well against Portland, and uh, it's just depending on the game. Gary Harris didn't come up, Jamal Murray didn't show up, and they had a tough time getting past the Blazers, which they ended up losing in seven. Um, I'm looking at guys like Malik Beasley, like Torrey Craig, Will Barton, and Juan Hernan Gomez. And I'm wondering how many of those can be combined for maybe a splashy trade to get maybe another star in here. Um, obviously, like, obviously, there's not like there's one available that is, his name's Bradley Beal, but he'd be trading for a rental, and you're not sure where he would, um, if he would like to stay there. But you got Murray in place. You got to believe he's going to turn into that star. You got... Jokic, who is a star. I'm looking at all these death pieces, and they maybe have a couple too many because they have probably 12 players who should play every night, and that's a little bit too deep for rotation. I'm wondering if the trade is a trade will come up. They'll be too good to turn down if they can get an actual superstar in here with with Jokic. It very well couldn't. I mean, yeah, you've mentioned the one, Bradley Beal. I just because it would be a seamless fit, and the, I mean the thing is that you just don't think you just don't think that Washington's going to move him for just a, a Gary Harris centered trade. You just don't, you just don't really see that happening, especially because you're already out one first round pick for for this upcoming. That, season. That's where another thing where Michael Porter jr. Becomes interesting. If, if he plays at all this year and looks decent, but like maybe you, the nuggets having the inside track on him, don't see a superstar. Maybe he's a guy you package in that kind of trade too. He's your de facto first round pick that you're giving up. Because, I mean, just look, like if we just break it down by depth chart, we got Murray and Monte Morris as point guards. Set. There's two guys right there. Beasley and Harris. Set. There's two guys right there. We go to the three all of a sudden, and like, let's just kind of, kind of combine the four here. We got Barton, Craig, Hernan Gomez, Michael Porter Jr. That, those are like all guys who can play the three, and then include Porter Jr., Hernan Gomez, and Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap. 
even Craig can play the four. Like, we're really messing with, like, how do you get all these guys some burn unless injuries are happening? And then Jokic obviously sops up center minutes, and he's got, you know, a couple backups there. Like, this is my this is my problem with this team is, like, I think they have a little bit too much depth without enough uh, high-end talent. And if they can consolidate that for a Bradley Beal or another a player yet to be determined, maybe the Warriors are looking to trade Russell. I'm not sure that's a perfect fit because that'd just be more bad defense on the wing. Um, he's a little bit better of a scorer than Harris, but I kind of like Harris's defense for this team compared to Russell's um, offense. But like, there, I think that's the, that's what this team needs to, to make it like, oh, they can definitely win a championship versus, well, you know, if Jokic can carry them, they, they might. You know, that's I think that's where they're at right now. Yeah, and I think as I, you know, this is a team that we tried to say, you know what, man, if, if they could if they could work up some package, maybe you could get Anthony Davis here and an Anthony Davis-Jokic thing. Like, we were really trying to, like, stir, stir that pot and try, try to make that happen just because we thought it would be fun. Yeah. And here's the thing. They have they do have those young pieces to make to, to make some trades. They do have a lot of depth, and that can be useful in the regular season. The lazy narrative with this team is that, oh, they're a regular season team that when they come to the playoffs, they're going to, they're not going to be able to make it. They don't have, they don't have the guys, they don't have. And, and so I don't really want to necessarily say that, but they are a team that is well suited for the regular season because of their depth. Because if they do suffer an injury, they're going to have the people there to withstand that. The thing about the Western Conference uh, playoff situation. And I think that it really, this upcoming year, is going to be, I don't know, I, I feel like we're going to have this problem because there's so many good teams in the West that someone is going to lose first round, someone could lose second round, and not make it to the Western Conference Finals, where if you're all these teams, you expect, our goal is we should at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. But there's like six teams that are in that in, in that situation, and I just begin to wonder if, like some of these teams think, well, oh man, now we got to blow it up because we didn't make it because there are so many other just really, really good teams out West. And this is a team that, you know, near the end of the season found themselves on the easier side of the bracket and, and then, you know, lost in seven to the trailblazers who, who we're talking about soon, but it just, it, it's really interesting to think about they could get screwed just because they get a bad matchup like round one, because there's so many good teams out West. Well, we talk every time we talk about championship teams, we're usually including a top five player in the league on one side or the other. Like, there's there's usually a top five player winning the championship. Last year's Kawhi Leonard. Before that, um, Curry and Durant, LeBron James. Like, there's always someone up there that's in that pantheon. And I think uh, until you go back to maybe Dirk, he's probably the first, he's probably the most recent guy that might have been out of that top five by the slightest of margins when he carried his team to a championship. But he was still right up there. Everyone knew that Dirk was a superstar. Jokic is on that like he's really close to the top five. He's definitely probably I, I say definitely probably what an idiot statement that is. Um. <laughs> He's probably a top 10 player, and I, I'm not going to be the guy to say his defense is so bad that he can't be up there because look at what James Harden does. Like We're not going to we're not gonna play favorites here um, with who has the bigger shoe deal. But their second best player, there is a pretty substantial gap when you're going down to Jamal Murray, although he looks like he could be something very special. He's not there yet, and that's why I think this team could use that Bradley Beal could use someone that can really carry a team when Jokic is, you know, getting a little tired or just, he can't, he can't do it because of a matchup with Anthony Davis, who's going to be a menace for him. Um, that's what they're missing. And that, when the, the lazy narrative is that they're not a playoff team, that is what I'm still scared of though, because you do need, you sometimes you do need that perimeter guy who can get his bucket from all ranges. And Jamal Murray, his handle is lacking sometimes he, got, he has a step back already, but can he get to the rim and get to the free throw line? Uh, we're still waiting to see. If he, play, if he plays the Blazers again, I think this team wins because they have just another year of experience, another year of being better, and the Blazers don't have good defensive guards. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams in the West, and this is going to be a like their depth does not your all your depth doesn't play in the postseason. So here's what I will say um, to kind of try to push back on, on the narrative a little bit. Like people I think last year were saying, wow, well Jokic 
you know, you, if, if he's your best player, you know, that that can't carry you. That can't take you anywhere in the playoffs. Like, let's just really quick run through his playoff, uh, um, his, his stat stat line here. Do it for the Man. crowd because I know that he played incredibly well, and I just he played I basically well. said as much two seconds ago. I know. This, 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 is, this is just for – this is for the people who, who – have that narrative stuck in their mind. 39% from three, taking four threes a game. My man had 25 points, 13 boards, eight and a half assists, about one steal, one block. Yeah. He, he, he was playing like a monster the entire playoffs, and really it came down to, and it will probably come down to again, like you've mentioned, Jamal Murray. They gave him the large extension. Can he begin to actually show and prove that he's, that he's worth the money that they gave to him? Yeah. And if he if he can, then this team can make the can make the next step. If if he can become like what Brad the Beal is, we're set. It's just a matter of can we get could you get two of those guys? That'd be pretty cool. Pretty cool to have. Pretty be. cool to have two of them. It sure would. Portland, the team that actually beat this team to make it to the um, uh, Western Conference Finals, and speaking of a team who has two of them. Yep, they were fifty three and twenty nine last year regular season. And they, well, of course, we don't have this mentioned, but, you know, Nurkic goes down with injury um, and really prompting them to bring in Hassan Whiteside. I mean, Pau Gasol, they have him in there as well, just probably be a body until, uh, you know, an emergency body until he is actually able to come back. Zach Collins, growth coach. True. Um, They also brought in Mario Hazonia and my boy Anthony Tolliver, um, who wasted away last year and really upset. Um at how that went last year for him in Minnesota. And they brought in Kent Bazemore, which, you know what, at least he can uh, take a shot. Yeah. So they re-signed Rodney Hood as well, who played well for them uh, down the stretch, had a, had a nice uh, playoff series as well. And they drafted Nasir Little. Um, get, got rid of Seth Curry, Al Farouk Aminu, and Mo Harkless, Enos Cantor. Uh, the, the advertising man himself, Myers Leonard, uh, yeah, Jake, Jake had, a great, had a great couple playoff games. Last time he we did. saw him on the court, he was playing he real did. well. There was the Myers Leonard game. It was it was intense. Um, and then Evan Turner as well. We we mentioned that he he moved on, um, to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they're over under. It's at forty six and a half. Man, people just every year do not believe in the Portland Trailblazers. Last year, I remember it was ah, they're, they're gonna miss the playoffs. They it they could be the team. Forty two last year. It was bad. Like. It was, it was, it was, I couldn't believe it when, when they said just be, and again, that was the overreaction to the, you got swept by the Pelicans in the first round. You ran into an awful matchup and it, it's just what happened. And now they're not giving them the, the benefit of, oh, you, you just made the Western Conference finals. No, no, no. It does not matter. And I guess there's a lot of movement that happened to cause that, but made they're it really with- not made it without your starting center. Like yeah, that's, that's the yes. craziest thing that I think is going to be forgotten as they once again, get swept out of the playoffs um, for, I believe the third consecutive year, just different rounds. Um, they did all that without Yusef Nurkic, who is definitely a difference maker for this team. People were talking about him as like their second best player uh, going and ending. It, it was, but I mean, that's just because, you know, they, they just weren't getting CJ McCollum wasn't playing quite as well um, yeah. at, at the, at the time. And so, but Nurkic was, and so, you know, there people were that narrative was going around a little bit, but he was, he's, he's, he was playing very well. And, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate what ended up happening uh, with, with that game. But will Hassan Whiteside in a contract year in a new situation, Will he be able to provide what they need in the me- in the meantime? Well, let's look at the positives for this team and what and what these uh, additions change. So, Son Whiteside, um, for as I very well know, has a lot of a lot of talent. Very, he's a potentially like, you know, there's a couple years ago where he I I was legitimately saying he's just behind Rudy Gobert as a defensive guy, and for the fact that he has a bit more of a nose for the ball on offense. Um, offensive rebounding wise, I thought they were equals, if not like they were really close to equals. Um, in Terry Stotts' defensive system, where he almost always drops the big, this is going to suit Hassan Whiteside very well. Where Spolster would like him to go out and hedge and recover, put forth all the effort to be everywhere on defense. When Hassan's going to be dropping as a big, this is going to suit him very well. I would actually 
I kind of have a vision to where he plays pretty solid in the first half of the season. Nurk comes back and plays really, starts playing. If he looks good, they trade Hassan for like a Daniil Gallinari type to just kind of sheer up and give another offensive threat on the wing. Um, but Hassan Whiteside, I think, is going to do very well in Portland. Um, and maybe he's worth keeping around too because in, in this defensive system, it's his style. Mario Hazonia and Anthony Tolver, not as not good defensive players, but big hey, upgrades. Hold on, hold on. Anthony Tolliver used to be able to play some play some de- decent defense. He's, he's really old. He's thirty four really or something. He's he's he's, he's, he's really, really old. old. Um, those guys are not good defensive options, but they will strike some fear into teams if they catch the ball open in the corners, which previously was occupied by Alfred Gamino, who shot well but did not scare anybody, and Mo Harkless, who did not shoot well and did not scare anybody. Um, with those additions, the defense is going to suffer a little bit. Hopefully Hassan can make up for some of those. But it's going to open up the offense even more for CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard to get to the rim, to get to their spots without that double team being able to come all the time. Because some of these guys are going to be able to make you pay if you leave them open. Also, Kent Bazemore, same deal. He can shoot a lot better than Evan Turner. All these replacements are better shooters than the guys they um, than the guys they had last year. Um, Sands, Seth Curry going away, and Anthony Simons taking those minutes. Anthony Simons is a good player. Um, probably not the, the elite-level shooter or solid defender that Seth Curry was. Yeah, and the only concern with this team, like the only real concern that I think anyone has is what are they doing at the four? Because they, the two guys who really would have taken up any minutes at all are now gone. Alfred Camino and Mo Harkless, they're out of here. And so really... Jake, Jake Lehman as well. And Jake Lehman as well. And so the plan, it seems at the moment, is for Zach Collins at the four, which... I don't know why we're necessarily wanting to play our younger guys out of position in, in, in this way, but it seems that it's the it's what's going to be best for, I mean, who else are you going to play there? Anthony Tolliver? Like, really, th- those are the decisions that you have to make. Nasir Little's not ready for any of that. And so I, I just don't know what you're going to do, but I can't help, and I know we've not done this at all, Ethan, and I'm not telling us to do it right now, but... We've got to find some trades for these for this team. They're gonna to have to make some. Kent Bazemore, right? He, I mean, yeah. he becomes a little. I don't think he's quite as useful on on this team. Uh, and that's a big contract. That I mean, he's fine. But here's the thing: you've got a lot of people who can who can do some of the stuff that he could do. Like give like if you could move on from someone, we can move on from 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 Kent Bazemore. I think, or like you mentioned before, Hassan Whiteside, if and. If uh, we have a uh, a healthy use of Nurkic coming back, I mean, I don't know. These are the these are the guys that I think that you could you could move because Kent Bazemore being six five, I don't know. You're you're are you really gonna be? You could play him alongside of McCollum and uh, and Dame Lillard, but you know he's a little bit shorter. I don't know. If yeah, he's well, he's guards some of those he's, bigger wings. he's played the three most of his career. Like he's done well. Like I think he's still a valuable player to back up Rodney Hood. Um, when we're talking about three guard rotation being Simons, McCollum, and Lillard, and then Bazemore can get in there for a few minutes, but I think he's mainly going to be backing up Rodney Hood. Um, I, I really do believe that the guy to target starting as soon as Nurkic looks healthy, um, start getting on the phone to get a hold of Daniil Gallinari. Um, and maybe you got to work in a third team because they don't have no interest in even the expiring Hassan Whiteside, but Daniil Gallinari is the guy to get. He would be able to start at the four. He's a great shooter. He can yep. make his own shot. Um, so like you can play him alongside CJ when CJ's not having a great game. And, and like Danilo can kind of k- help him with the load. Um, whereas, you know, CJ's it's not always the best facilitator. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Danilo can kind of help him in that area. Um I think he's the perfect fit for the Blazers. How to acquire him is a little tough. I mean, maybe if Hassan seems too important, maybe it's a Bazemore who also expires, and we're talking about some other young play, like like maybe Nasir or Anthony, and then you're 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 back on the market for another backup guard who will not be playing as much in the postseason, but is going to be important. But Daniel Gonari is the guy to me if you want this team to hit, have that potential of getting to the next level. 
being an actual threat in the playoffs to like advance and win the whole thing. It's been said before, Ethan. Kevin Love? It has been said before, but he, he recently came out and said he wants to be in Cleveland for whatever I mean, reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's like for a lot of these quotes that end up coming, like how, how much of the time is it like unprompted and how much of the time is it, hey, do you want to be in Cleveland for the duration of your contract? What's he going to say? No, because if he does, then, you know, we end up having issues. And I'm not asking you to find the transcript right now, but like, you know, we, of course they're going to, they're going to be saying that, but you begin to look around and you, you see, well, Kevin Love is a team, is, is a guy who makes very, a very similar amount of money to one Hassan Whiteside. And he could play some not great defensive center, but he could, you know, he can play that spot as well a little bit, but you could also play him at the four. He'd be able to spread the floor, um, pretty well and he'd be able to be an offensive hub if you needed him to be for time to time if he can stay healthy and I, that's probably the big concern for him another one is if things begin to go really really south for my team in detroit you could begin to look to move white side for maybe a well white side as the money and then more assets as well for a Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond, although I don't think it would make sense to go for Andre Drummond because if you're moving, if you feel comfortable moving Hassan Whiteside, it's probably because you like Nurkic and Nurkic yeah. is on a more team-friendly deal. And the only way that you really wouldn't do that is if Hassan Whiteside is looking very bad and Drummond's looking good, but the Pistons are playing bad. Like I just, it would be very a very difficult situation for Drummond. But if things go poorly for the Pistons and it's not because of Blake Griffin's health. The Pistons, this is the year that they've got to really make some decisions. You might be able to get an Anthony Simons. You might be able to get um, a bunch of draft picks. I don't, I don't know, but that would be, that could be the, the pivot as well. I'm just trying to find power forwards who make a similar amount of money uh, to what we've been speaking about. And really, those are the guys that are that are there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think we've hit the guys that like make sense as targets. Um, I'd, I'd obviously be down for, if it's like, we're talking about Kim Bazemore, like I'd, I, I'd be down moving him even like just for any kind of power for that makes sense. Like, I do think he's more important than like maybe you were letting on, but like, again, uh, everyone, everyone's fungible around Dame. Dame makes the whole thing work. He, he can take a lot of garbage and make it pretty good. So like, I'm, I'm not worried about the team performing well around him. It's just. How do we maximize this year if, like, if, if that's what this year is? Because, you know, Dame and CJ both just signed new deals. They are here. They are locked in. Yep. Unless the team, for whatever reason, decides now all of a sudden that this two <laughs> two guard backcourt uh, can't can't make it happen. This would be no, a really so. really odd timing. Um, Listen, like like the the Trailblazers are, are a team that you know you. Of course, their aspirations are to win a title, but there's something to be said for they're going to be a good team for a long time, and they've been a good team for a long time. Where you make where you make the occasional Western Conference Finals trip, where you get bounced a little bit early in a playoff round, but you know that you're going to be there every single year. And with these guys, you've got a chance if things break right for you. And so, um, I you know it's got to be fun for those people out in Portland. Yeah, no, we we enjoy this team a lot out here, and I know for a fact that. Every game they this team plays, like there's always a good crowd here. I I'm tr- I was, I'm trying to look it up here real quick because I remember there was a fun stat um, a few years ago that who had, what what franchises had the best winning percentage um, like for the, the 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 duration of the franchise. I know that the Trailblazers are one of the better teams. Yeah. So here's this is a fun thing. The Blazers are the sixth most winningest team in terms of per- by percentage. Um, in the NBA history, and the Phoenix Suns were number seven, and the Phoenix Suns have been tanking the last few years. So that tells you anything like the Phoenix Suns and formerly the Phoenix Suns and the Trailblazers, while not being championship teams, not winning titles in many years, um, they've been good for a long time. They've been very solid. Like the other teams on this list, the Spurs are number one, Lakers number two, and let me see here, Th- Celtics three. So that makes sense, but Celtics yeah. are. Have you know they had the the but team some peak, peaks and valleys as well. Yes, and so like and Utah Jazz make this list as well at number five. So like you can see these, these some of these Western Conference teams they just find a way to be successful for years on end without a whole lot of just outright 
bottoming out. And that's what the Blazers strive to do, if nothing else, is they're always going to be competitive. They're always going to have a crowd out here to, uh, to cheer them on. Yeah. Let's, well, with, with that, um, again, 46 and a half, that seems pretty low to me. I don't feel I... comfortable betting it, though, if I'm being honest with you. This Just because of how much, how much more, how many more wins seem to have come to the West this year. I mean, it's, it's true, but are they, I mean, there are, will be more wins in the West, but there's going to be a lot of load management on a lot of teams that are not the Portland Trailblazers. Also so. noticing that Nurkic, we don't know what to expect from him, and Hassan has been volatile to say the least. We don't also know what to expect from him. I, I like the Blazers. I think they go over. I think I think 48's the number for this team, but I, I couldn't put money on this as I drive to, as we drive down the Oregon coast past Chinook wins this in a couple weekends, I, I, I couldn't put money on the Blazers over. Oh, man. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, ooh. So they were 36 and 46 last year. The whole Jimmy Butler fiasco saga. Uh, Coach Tibbs getting the boot. And, you know, we end up having just a whole lot of just meh basketball. I mean, but what 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 can you expect from a team where Andrew Wiggins – is your highest paid player. Ooh, it's looking it's bad. Rough out there. It's rough out there. And now is when, is, is it right now this year when, when, they, when it kicks in the money or is it last year? I can't remember. For Carl Anthony Towns or Wiggins? No, for Wiggins. So I think it kicked in last year. I'll, I'll pull it up year. real quick. I think this I think is, it was a, last year. is the first year that Carl Anthony Towns is kicks in. Yep. This anyway. Is so it, true. With, with that in mind, um, this team does not have as much flexibility as they would like. Yeah, although I will say that, oh man, yeah, it's it's rough. It's with well, they don't have the flexibility because they they have just a bunch of bad contracts. Now some of them will be ending, like a Gordy Jang soon, but oh man, it, it's just really rough out there because you are playing the uh, Jeff Teague. Um, you're playing the Jeff Teague point guard train, which is, you know, it is what it is. 19 million will expire after this year. You've got, like we mentioned before, Gorgie Jang there. We got Co- Covington, who is, who, if he can stay healthy, is a good player on the wing. But for, for me, Ethan, they missed their chance when they went in and, well, they moved up to get Jarrett Culver. That's fine. But they've got a lot of players out there on the wing. And I mean, the, I mean, is Andrew Wiggins a part of this team? Currently, and for the foreseeable future, yes, he is. And so you're getting a guy to come in and play alongside there. They don't have anyone at the four. They really do not. They're, it looks as though – who would they play, Ethan? Noah Vonley? Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think Robert Covington will start there, and then he'll get a quick, he'll get a quick yank um, in the first part of the – in the first quarter for a Vonley, and then he'll come back in when Town sits – to play alongside um, some bench units. I I think that's the way to play it. Um, Jake Lehman will probably get some minutes at the four because he he's a stretch option, not much of a defensive player, but a good – he's a solid shooter. He can run some backdoor alley-oops that no one sees coming for whatever the reason may be. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I like Vonley a lot, but I, I look at him more as he should be their backup center. He should he should play, you know, the 10 minutes a game that currently Towns doesn't, you know, 12, 15, pin on the night. Um but yeah, I don't, he I like Vonley a lot in that position. But yeah, Culver doesn't seem to fit with what Josh Okoji showed he could potentially do last year with what you need out of Andrew Wiggins at the three. Covington ideally plays the three because that's what he will be guarding. Um, yeah, now he doesn't make the most sense, but but they, I think they said this is the most talented player in the draft. We need to get him. Did they give up too much for it? Ah, probably. But I got, I'm, I'm not looking at him as the worst fit because... If, if Wiggins isn't going to be anything and you're just hoping someone will take him off your hands because they believe in the project, maybe it's that's useful. that's why he's in here. But like I, I, Josh Okoji is not good enough that if Jarrett Culver is going to be a, like a star, that you don't go ahead and get him. I just, I'm just i not sure Jarrett Culver will be a star. Yeah, and for me, it's just I, I really wanted to see the Brandon Clark, Carl Anthony Towns. Like, uh, I, that's what I thought that we needed over here, but now we get to see him in Memphis, and I like that fit as, as well. But... This is the team that we're like, hey, Brandon Clark would fit really, really nicely next to Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, and he would have, Richard, and we would have really enjoyed it. It would have made a lot of sense. I would, I could have definitely gotten behind um, this starting lineup right here. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, Brandon Clark, Robert Covington, Andrew Wiggins, and Jared Culver. Yes, point Carl Anthony Towns. That's what I want. Point Cat. 
How, how, how are we gonna get Jarrett? Oh, you said Jarrett Culver. How we couldn't have Jarrett Culver if you went and got Brandon Clark. That's true. You had to have to I got it. I got excited looking at names. Have to get a little sad with Jeff Jeff uh, Teague or Shabazz start. Napier. We can still start him. Yeah. One thing we should mention: this team uh, did help kind of facilitate and the the Golden State Warriors with the D'Angelo Russell stuff, and they brought in Trevion Graham and they brought in Jordan Bell, and so. Jordan Bell's a guy who the opportunity is available. Perhaps you can go out there and, and get, get some minutes. With uh, with Carlton Towns' ability to shoot, I guess you always have the option of of playing a, a non-shooting four next to him. And with Jordan Bell, like he does have the ability to put the ball on the floor a little bit. He has kind of a pet spin move to get to his left hand. Um, not that saying he should, but like I've seen him do that play that enough times, that I, I feel comfortable saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, with him and Noah Vonley both, like as, as non-shooting fours, they still can work an extra towns as long as they are aggressive with the ball in their hand from from ten feet out. If they catch and they have an advantage, they need to take two dribbles and or one dribble and get to the rim. But again, these are guys who haven't done that consistently in their career. Can we really expect them to make the transition playing under uh, first-time head coach Ryan Saunders? I don't know. Um, but I, li- I like those two players. I just don't know if they're backup centers or they work as fours only because of the incredible Carlton Towns. Yeah. Um, if the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, within the division, we've, all, we've only been talking about trades within the division, which, you know, who knows. But if... Oklahoma City Thunder come calling and saying, hey, Chris Paul, and we are willing to take on Andrew Wiggins. Do you say yes, Ethan? Um, I would first say, do you sure you don't want Gorgia Jang and Jeff Teague? <laughs> and we'll, and, and, uh, we'll, we'll take whatever else you have. Like, I, of course they'd say that, but, but the same, if they, that, that, that's like an entire roster's worth of money right there of, of salary cap hits. <laughs> but if, if, if they say, Hey, we'll give you Chris Paul. We'll take Andrew Wiggins. We, we need, we need the flyers right now. You need a point guard to maximize currently towns. Even if Chris Paul's aging, he's going to play good on offense. Yes. I make the deal happen. Now I, of course, with the, with this as well, Oklahoma City would probably want some draft compensation. Would you be okay doing that as well if it meant that you could bring in Chris Paul, a a quality point guard, to come play alongside this, and maybe it gives you the minutes that you need for Culver on the wing? I'm not giving up much in terms of draft capital because as much as as much as Oklahoma City will tell me this is for for this is for you, we're gonna give you this guy to help you make Carlton Towns the player he's supposed to be. I'm like, yeah, but you know, Andrew Wiggins is is not chopped liver in terms of a talent. He's just looks bad with that contract. So we're both giving up bad contracts. Let's uh let's work something out. I I would be very hesitant to give up a whole lot. So like I'm looking I'm kinda like putting together a trade right now and like it'd be Wiggins and Jeff Teague as money and then you just have to throw on some smaller salary for the uh on the um Oak Thunder side. But yeah, I'm not giving up a lot of picks. In fact actually Wiggins and Teague works for um Chris Paul straight up. So I'm not giving up much in the way of picks. Um, for the record, though, that does give the Thunder um, eight more million dollars of into their cap. Um, so that's a little bit dangerous for them, considering they don't want to be a tax team. Yeah. Um, so, Roberson. <laughs> Andre Roberson. There it is. Andre Roberson. Roberson Robinson. Andre Roberson Robinson for Wiggins and Teague. And obviously Chris Paul as well. And that trade works with the Wolves taking on an actual extra two and a half million dollars. So there's your trade that works. Um, I would say again, one, I would say one first round pick and a couple seconds makes sense. But again, these are bad contracts. Yeah. Like here's, one's here's three years, one's four years. They're not that much difference in terms. So I'm giving it, I'm giving up a first round pick for the extra year. How about that? <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, Here's the thing, like with the with the West overall being better, it's like you just you don't see Minnesota being a team that can really get into playoff contention at all. Like with the teams that we think about, maybe they're sniffing the eighth seed. Like Minnesota's not a team that you really consider, which is unfortunate because Carl Anthony Towns is very talented, and you're really just wasting uh, this portion of, of his career, and it's it's quite unfortunate um, because they went out and gave Andrew Wiggins money before they needed to, Ethan. 
before they needed to. They did, and that, again, is, is one of the things that is, is it is a balance when you were talking about front office jobs. Do you pay the guy to in, you know empower them, or do you just say no because you're not worth it yet? Yeah. Preach flexibility. Preach, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, because I haven't had that job, but... Man, it is, it is tough because I still like Andrew Wiggins as a talent. Like up until the Heat got Jimmy Butler, I was happy. I was going to be willing to take that risk if it, like you know, give away the expiring Hassan, give us Andrew Wiggins, like work it out. Like let's take a risk on, let's take a gamble, make this team interesting. But then Jimmy Butler walked over to us, so hooray! Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Well, this is this is uh, a big change here where. Obviously, moving Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Jeremy Grant, you know, moving those guys out with uh, with all that happened this offseason. And, you know, bringing in uh, SGA, Chris Paul, Gallinari, and then a bunch of, you know, extra pieces. They re-signed Nerlens Noel, drafted Darius Baisley, and Lugans Dortz. Now, I mean, the over-under 31.5, just because I don't think anyone really knows what to do with them, um, and... This is a team that, if you look at it talent-wise, if you look at their team talent-wise, they're not. They don't. They're not. They don't have a nobody on their team. Like they have people who are good, right? SGA was good last year. Granted, he was in a a, a pretty good spot over there uh, with the Clippers. But you also have Chris Paul, who will be load managed and all that. But Gallinari, also a very very talented player. They've got some pieces. And so, as I look at this team, this is a team. Where why are why should they be that much worse than than the Timberwolves unless they decide, you know what, we find we've found a few trades come December and you begin shipping off the pieces and embrace the tank because this is a team where we talk about tanking and we say oh well you know this team should go ahead and begin tanking but they don't have the the assets or the the capital to actually do it you now are a team with all these extra assets coming in, and if you ship some of these guys off, maybe you can get a few more, that you could go and do the full hinky. Yeah, no, there's definitely something to be done with this team. There, There's a reason they're 31 and a half or whatever, is because they are expected to be moving pieces on. Um, I was looking at Steven Adams originally as part mm-hmm. of a Gallo trade to Portland as well. If So let's say Nurk looked bad for whatever reason. You tried to send everyone out in one in one shoot and just bring in Adams to play one more year for the team, Gallo to play or to play this year, and hopefully that team works out well because Adams could do a lot of the thing, same things Nurk can do and probably has less of a tendency to um, make bad decisions with the ball in his hands. But he is getting paid a lot more, so there is that. Um, Chris Paul should be getting traded sometime. I would hope to a team that can use him. I hope also not the Heat because I don't want that. I want flexibility as we are a, des- a, fr- a free agent destination, especially with Jimmy Butler and um, the ever improving Bam Adebayo. Shea Alexander, though, like this is the reason to watch this team. Him and Terrence Ferguson, I think, can make a pretty fun pairing. Um, Ferguson needs to work on his jump shot to be, you know, as the, as good as he can be. But that is two guys like six five, six six, good athletes. I think they'd be really fun to watch in transition. Uh, Nerlens Noel as well. This is why I want this team to go full tank, get some more young guys in here, because I would love to see a high-paced team right here with Shea, or yeah, with Shea, uh, Terrence Ferguson, and Nerlens Noel just running up and down the court trying to make a make a mess of it all. And for that to happen, we kind of need Chris Paul and Stephen Adams and Gallo to get on out of here so we can just watch this team for what it is and a project. This team is a project, full hinky, whatever you want to call it. Like they just need to acquire more young talent, get rid of these old guys who are filling up the books and just embrace it and be ready to just try to play some fun, young basketball and not worry about wins. It's, it's true. Um, and, you know, with them, you could see where the hinky mistakes, you know, where, you know, hinky, the whole idea was was, was good, but in some of the execution, it wasn't very good, you know, bringing in literally nobody. They have some pieces already, whereas hinky got rid of literally everything. And so they have something to work with here. I, yeah, I mean, this is a team that if they're just going to make some moves at some point in time, it's going to happen. I mean, you can't let Gallinari and his talent just... Ex, you know expire and, and 
at the end of the season and have him walk away, you know, get something for him. And so you will see some trades happening from this team. It's just interesting to think, you know, just to see who it will be eventually by the time the trade deadline rolls around. I will say, don't give up assets to get rid of Dennis Schroeder. Just let him expire if you have to. No, yeah, we're not giving up assets to get rid of these contracts. Um, I, although with, with guys like Gallo, Adams, and Chris Paul, if you can't get the picks, I still say, like, if you can if you can score the young guy, still still go ahead and make that trade. Like, that's that's more than fine. Make the trade for some young players. Don't, don't get caught up on needing picks back. You got a bunch of them. Yeah, the only one that... If I, yeah, I just, with Chris Paul, like, I'm, I don't know. Things, things could go really bad and you or you really, really need to attach some assets if, if he, you know, gets injured and, and has, has, has a season where it really looks like he's in decline a whole lot. Then, so you, you know, you might have. Soon, Richard. I understand. This is, what, this is what you need and you really can't put much, put many miles on him if uh, you're the Thunder. Well, that, that's all I got, Ethan. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. I think I've expressed it. I think Andre Roberson make Roberson Roberson makes a lot of sense for any team that just needs a stout defender. If you already have a lot of shooting, like he'd make sense to be an acquisition. Ten million dollars on a, on a one year rentals makes a lot of sense. Like I'd, I'd be, be I'd be into it if you're a if you need need a, a perimeter defender and you're like I mean this I, I I don't know who I I had the Celtics in my head, but I'm like well they. They do have shooting, but they also have no rim defense. So what's the point of having a good perimeter defender if you have nothing behind him at the rim? So never mind about that. But he's a guy I think a lot of teams should target. He's worth a gamble for one year, and he expires. Yeah, you got to make sure he's right physically. Who Who is at this time of year? Everyone should be. <laughs> that, was, that was the joke I was going for. It's not very funny, though. All right, I think with that, we're, we're done here.